Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, he's not quite a coffee asshole, but he's still an asshole about coffee. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. This is the Journey for Java podcast, a show about coffee for people who enjoy coffee and like listening to stories about people, places, and things involving coffee. Seriously, only an asshole would make it this complicated. It's the Journey for Java podcast. You want some coffee? Yeah. Make it a fresh pot. A Britain on tour podcast show. Fresh pot! About what else? Coffee. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it, even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay? Here's BD. Uh, continuing on here, guys. So uh, again, we're joined uh, with the Coffee Snobs podcast from North Carolina. Uh, Tom from uh, Vancouver Coffee Snob. Um, Tom, just quickly uh, as we go, you created an app as well, which is really cool. Do you want to touch on that for a sec? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, it's an app called Sipply, and it's um, <clears throat> the idea of it is that I curate the best coffee shops in a city. Uh, so we're only in Vancouver at the moment. We're still fairly new. Uh, so we've got 52 shops on there. And uh, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, the way to describe the shops is they're like the snobby coffee shops. So they're the really high end, uh, you know, you're getting uh, decent coffee, decent um, baristas, decent service, decent food. Uh, so I curate them, put them all on an app. And then I work deals with those coffee shops so that when you use the app to buy a cup of coffee or a drink of any sort in those um, shops, you then get a decent saving on that drink. So it's a little bit of an incentive for you to start to use my app to purchase your coffees. Yeah. And it also supports local, which is such a great cause right now, Absolutely. especially with what's going on. Um, guys, um, I mean, I to the people in the know, I think they're familiar with European coffee trip and Sprudge as far as where people might go to get coffee education. There's so many sites and all the rest of it, but to Tom's point with simply and creating an app and, um, you know, supporting local and all the rest of it, um, you know, your region, but when you're going into a region and you've never been there before, mm-hmm. how are you finding out? Are you going on, are you going to go on an, on an app? Are you going to go, these guys say this and do this. Um, do you trust the general public when they go and you, you know, Google maps, coffee, top rated local. And usually you can tell, I, I always tell somebody at the very bare bones of it, you can tell by the type of espresso machine they have. So if they take themselves yeah, seriously, sure. if they've got a great espresso machine, yeah. you're probably fine. But how do you guys, how does a coffee snob find coffee versus uh, someone with a family that's uh, still drinking Tim Hortons or uh, Dunkin' Donuts and uh, they just, uh, they need to find coffee in the region in uh, North Carolina. Go ahead. It's like you're reading our minds because we literally, one of our early episodes was how to find good coffee and the methods we go about. And we even, we they, get, they were comical. They're pretty funny ones. We'll get to that, but we geek out when we're traveling somewhere. One of the first things that we do, I go to Google maps and I look at, uh, the reviews of places and I, we look at the pictures and we joked about, well, you know, it's a good coffee shop because you walk in and it's got that white wall aesthetic. It's just minimalistic and reclaimed you know, wood, leather yeah. furniture. Like those are the things that, that we were, you know, comical in, in, uh, in the description of good coffee shops, but 
I think as we, as we started to find the coffee scene, like I traveled quite a bit across the United States and we actually went to Toronto and did a, like me and uh, one of the other guys on the show, we did a coffee tour where we went to like seven coffee shops in Toronto and like had the caffeinated buzz. It was wild, man. We had so much coffee, but when we did that, essentially we pull up Google maps and tried to search because there's not a, there's not some, you know, organized place to find it. And so you really have to look like, okay, what kind of coffee are they roasting? Are they telling you what kind of coffee they're roasting? Because the unfortunate part in North Carolina is we have a massive coffee roaster in our city, like massive. It's S&D coffee. It's garbage. And the entire city of Concord smells like coffee, but it's just over roasted. And it's basically. Well, they roast for like McDonald's and super large corporations. But um, like Aaron was saying, one thing you're keying about when you're looking at coffee shops that, that we do, the, the quality of their espresso machine. And this might sound trivial, but if they use homemade syrups for their lattes and stuff versus, you know, the cheap moaning pumps. And if you don't have the, if you don't take the time and care to at least make your own syrups and stuff like that, then a lot of times you're just going to get a barista who's basically the equivalent of working at a Starbucks. Yeah. This, uh, the, the drink is a, is a, a craft. So we all are in here talking about how we're brewing a cup of coffee or making a cup of coffee or pulling a shot and, and it's all about the the skill to understand what makes a good cup of coffee. And so, you know, if you have a teenage barista, not to knock it, because, I mean, they're people that care about their craft. But if they're just there hitting a machine yeah. or, you know, not weighing it, like like we, I've, ordered, I've ordered many cups from beautiful places and will pay for it and just throw it away because I'm mm-hmm. like, I, you don't care. And it's funny. I I uh, was in Jacksonville a couple of years last year, and it smells like coffee because of Maxwell House. And I, you know, I was like watching a football game. Oh, that smells good, at least. Tom, what uh, any any recommendations or or the snob approach to finding really great coffee versus uh, the other way? Oh, Vancouver. Um, I've I've got this pretty decent website that <laughs> that's got a <laughs> hundred different coffee shops on there. That. Perfect plug. But, the, the problem is, is oh, yeah, by the way, VancouverCoffeeSnob.com. There's, there like, is. Um, the, there's not many of me out there, which is kind of annoying because it's not uh, it's not very difficult what I do. I don't know why more people don't do it. If anyone's listening and wants to do a Vancouver Coffee Snob kind of, you know, competitor, you'll blow me out of the water. I'm terrible at what I do. But <laughs> the, the easy way, uh, Brenton, what, what you were saying earlier, um, the espresso machine seems to be like I have this sixth sense where I can walk into a coffee shop and go, yep. I'm going to like this or I'm not going to like this. And most of the time it is the espresso machine. If they've got a black Eagle sitting on the counter, they've, you know, you know, they've forked out 30,000 bucks for this machine. They're probably a bit serious about their coffee. Um, The other thing is, is there's these little kind of little giveaways where if you, um, if you see a a wall of, of um, gear with things like v60s or if they're actually using v60s to make pour overs or or any form of pour over really that takes a lot of effort and you don't usually see that in the crap coffee shops with exceptions of course you know there's just sometimes you just got to try the coffee and so with with those kind of things in mind you can go to google maps and you can 
Um, you know, I like to look for coffee roasters and espresso rather than coffee shops or cafe. And then you can look at the photos there and you can kind of get an idea. Maybe you look for top 10 coffee shops in XYZ city and, sure. you, you know, Toronto, you'll be blog TO or Montreal. You there's a, there's a, um, Montreal blog. I forget what it's called. Um, and they'll have top they'll have top tens that maybe you can work it out. And then I don't know, you could go to Reddit's coffee subreddit and you can ask there. And they're typically a bunch of actual there's a lot of actual coffee snobs in there that are fairly insufferable, but there's a load of really nice people in there as well. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it, to be honest, it's quite difficult at times. Vancouver especially. Go ahead, Darren. Sorry, buddy. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to say reading the reviews also does help though when you're looking some of these up because you can tell by the way some people will uh, uh, write their review whether or not they're right into coffee or not so if you find a couple of those reviews where you can tell this person sounds like they know what they're talking about they probably are right into coffee like me uh, i'll take that into consideration as well but i also will say there is um there's a website for vegans and vegetarians called happy cow and it goes all around the world so if you fly to it doesn't matter go to london and go to the happy cow website locally it'll give you all the vegan restaurants available in that city and it literally is around the world there should be something like that for coffee maybe in time there will be i think it's a matter of time uh we're still a few years away but i think it's possible if it continues like this when sipley is in every single city and has every Sipley, single coffee shop well, on we're it. gonna get to that Sipley's gonna be in charlotte yeah. next i think yeah, i think it's right tom is there is there a plan so tom let me um uh, just back up to sipley for one second um there's sipley and then there's the website so are they going to work in conjunction? Do you have a plan there to, to have the website, you know, kind of work in conjunction with it or at the very least become, you know, obviously you want it to be as big as Sprudge or, or European Coffee Trip or one of those, but it's a lot of work. And uh, yeah. I know that uh, Aaron's in tech and doing that down there for some of his clients. They've got a, a tech podcast. You're doing a lot of stuff. So uh, this isn't a coffee snob question, but it's a lot of goddamn work. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of goddamn work. So how much time are you are you putting into to really get it to that spot? Um, well, two two different things to look at there. The blog, uh, the Vancouver Coffee Snob blog. Uh, each review takes about ten to twelve hours to do, and that is taking photos and that's right. rewrites. Um, I typically go to a brewery or something like that, get a little bit drunk, write my first pass on the review, come back to it a few days later, edit out all the swearing and that kind of stuff, or maybe add more. Um, and, and then, you know, editing the photos and then doing all the SEO and all that crap takes 10, 10 to 12, literally 10 to 12 hours per blog post, which I don't really have time for because the app is my full-time job and it takes a ton of time. So uh, I don't want Vancouver Coffee Snob to be as big as Sprudge or anything like that. You'd have to hire writers. You'd have to build a, a sure. big team. I do like the idea of... Um, you know, there being a something coffee snob in every city. I've got most of the domains that I, I want. Um, I've dabbled with hiring people to to write that stuff, ghostwrite it, and then take photos. It's difficult, and there's not much money in it. Blogging, I don't make any money off of that site. It's deeply, deeply in the red, and I do it more as a kind of a service to the, the coffee community. Um, so if anyone thinking of getting into blogging to make money, don't. don't bother or find a find a niche that's better than coffee anyway um but the the app so the Tom, the i'm only four episodes in man go easy <laughs> i mean <laughs> do you know what blogging's super satisfying though i would never have i would have never have 
been here if I didn't start this this blog. And, you know, I've met so many incredible people, but to, to make money, it doesn't work very well. To make life experiences and friends, there's nothing I've done that's, that's any better. Um, but what it does is it drives traffic towards the app as well. So my, my app, uh, we're almost 6,000 users. Um, that's all organic growth, for, mostly from Vancouver Coffee Snob. Um, so I can write an article and say, hey, this latte is usually five bucks, but with Sipply, it's four bucks and do that kind of organic marketing inside of what I write. Um, and th- th- I mean, that as far as expansion and, and growing, that's never going to be a sprudge or anything like that because it's not a media company, but but the idea is to, to grow it to, you know, be a global brand. Well, there's some good coffee in North Carolina, dear. Maybe they can There's some great have, coffee. Maybe I've actually never been to North Carolina, but I've, I, I mean, I, I know black and white really well. And um, <laughs> I've, I'm sure I've had other coffee from there because I get it sent to me from all over the place. Yeah, well, we've never been to Vancouver, and I definitely could get into some trouble in Vancouver. So we could come have some coffee. And I don't think we can cross. Yeah, the border definitely. Right if now, you guys make it up here, you're not allowed in the country at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, um, we could do like a billet program where we could we could host them here, and then we could go down to North Carolina. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe yeah, road trips and we get hit coffee shops because I wouldn't mind if we're going to do that. I want to go through Portland and go to Proud Mary again, mm. and then maybe cross over somehow. I don't know. So, Tom, I have a question for you because we we have experienced this in our area. I I am a very vocal coffee snob, and so you that term gets a negative connotation. And we've walked into some coffee shops in our local area, and getting notated as the coffee snob and. <laughs> Like one, we're excited because we're like, you actually listen. That's so fantastic. But then on the other hand of writing simply like, you know, creating this, uh, you said you hold no punches. Like, how have you, how have you built a relationship with, you know, these coffee shops? Cause we, we want to help educate people to visit these places, but if you're producing gar- garbage, I'm going to tell people you're producing garbage. So mm-hmm. what's your yeah. thoughts on that or how? So, so for the longest time, I was anonymous uh, and that I, I would go, uh, you know, kind of covertly to a coffee shop and nobody knew who I was. And so I was just this kind of person on the Internet that wrote smack about bad coffee shops and wrote <laughs> good things about good coffee shops. Um, and so uh, the, I had kind of a process where I would give every coffee shop a really good chance. I'd give them at least three goes at uh, being good and I'd take the average score of those three another reason why it takes 10 to 12 hours to do a review um, sometimes I went six or seven times because it would be really good then really bad then really good then really bad and you can't really draw an average from that um, so I did that for a really really long time and then eventually I just got the reputation for being completely authentic and something s- someone could trust and, and at that point I um, I kind of started to meet more people in the coffee industry and I would MC events and that kind of stuff. And people started to know who I was, but I still don't put my face on my brand anywhere. Um, if anything, what I do is I pretend that I wear a paper bag on my head. And if ever I talk to the camera, I've got a brown paper bag over my head and it's just this kind of thing that took off. And so, um, as far as Sibley goes, I, I don't want to talk to the crap coffee shops anyway. So I'm not having them on my app. So, Typically, when when I want to reach out to a coffee shop, people people are genuinely excited to meet me, and um, I can get an audience with them that most other people probably couldn't get anyway. Um, 
and I know confidently that I'm going to go in there and I probably haven't said anything bad about their coffee shop. Um, I have, however, run across people who worked for crap coffee shops that now work for great coffee shops mm-hmm. and have said, ah, you know what? I was working at blah, blah, blah. when you said that thing. And <laughs> there's no getting around how awkward that could be. You know, do you find, would you find though in that regard, like, um, and this is for everybody here, but, um, you're going to review, you're going to say something. And so, so to that point of that person, oh, my boss was freaking out when he read your review, but that's going to eliminate, you know, the coffee snobbery, the coffee culture, people, people looking for actual cafes. It's going to, it's going to, I guess, in essence, eliminate some of those people, but your average coffee person walking down the street is just going to still go in there and get something and do it. So, um, but do you find that they're going to be more offended by like, oh, we just, because of your review, we're going to lose 50 coffee connoisseurs, but they may still have 150 people off the street. Like, do you find that there's a balance there between that? Because I would imagine that they're, that, that that's tough for such a, such a uh, pre- precise review of a product that you're trying to garner all the best coffee drinkers in a city, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever shut down a coffee shop or anything like that. There's no <laughs> way my reach is, is yeah. you know, I'm not that powerful, so to speak. Um, but one thing that, that, I mean, a lot of the time that these coffee shops that I review and, you know, they end up being a bit crap and I write about them being a bit crap. I mean, they're crap coffee shops and me writing about it is not going to change it. People are still right. going to go in there and get a terrible experience regardless of what I write. Uh, but what I, what I can do is when I give, I, I, so I call it ones and tens. Nobody wants to read a six out of 10. Nobody wants to read a seven out of 10. Everybody wants to read a 10 out of 10 or a one out of 10. One out of 10 because they're funny and they'll maybe go for a visit um, because it's so bad. Or they'll just enjoy write, reading me right. pitch about someone. But the 10 out of 10s are where I can, I can make a, a difference. And if I give someone a really high score, then typically that coffee shop will be pretty busy for a good few weeks after that. And especially around Christmas time when I do my top 10 lists. Um, yeah, I can pack out shops and you know create a line outside just by what I write. So it's actually, it's awesome. I've noticed with your top 10 list around Christmas time that the shops that end up in your top 10 list, they're really, really thankful. I mean, the first couple of times you did it, you got a lot of reaction from the shops, but it seems now, you know, people are genuinely uh, thankful that you took the time to review them and that you gave them such a high grade. It, it's a big deal to these coffee shops. Now, what you've done in, in this in this period of time has become uh, something of a difference maker at, at a lot of these these high-end shops. It's it's actually not me that rates them as well. I do a I do a public vote. I used to, and then I just got too chummy with a bunch of them and couldn't be impartial, and so I just opened it up. And I think we got something like sixty five hundred votes for um, for the the last uh, we'll call them the snobbies. Um, and um, yeah, uh, just crazy amounts of, of traction with it. And so people are not thankful necessarily to me. They're thankful to the people that voted and the fact sure. that they got to the top. Um, guys, I know we're getting down there for time, uh, but a couple more things on the docket here as we go. Um, none of us are roasters per se. Anyone here home roasting at all? A little bit. I would like bit? to okay. try it sometimes. So I want to ask about uh, favorite coffee regions uh, from uh, a snob perspective versus like what the average person buys in a store and they have no clue what they're buying versus what they should be looking out for. So we're going to go North Carolina here, gentlemen, uh, favorite coffee region versus uh, what they're buying versus what they should be buying. I would say 
uh, Africa, and then just Ethiopian bag of coffee. Like I just, it's the reason why I say that is it's a lot of, it's where we suggest people start because it's going to be the most transitional taste from what you've had traditional to what you're going to experience. And the reason why we tell it is freshly roasted, you grind it, you're going to get a whiff of blueberries or some like something that you've not smelt before. And you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is, it's kind of that, that, that bag that is okay. I'm never going to do something else again. Cause this is, this tastes good. What about you, Tyler? Yeah. Um, just as a roast profile, I think Aaron and I both prefer like a light to a light medium roast. Um, and really like the fruit forward profiles typically found in Ethiopians. Um, one wild card though, we actually out of the blue met a roaster Andreas from yeah. Jags head coffee. His father actually, uh, they own a coffee plantation in El Salvador, El Salvador. And so he's second generation into the States. He he's got, we got all these really good coffee beans. We're tired of just selling them off to these, yeah, so essentially they cut out the middleman. So normally you have a, a handler or someone who's distributing the beans and they're getting it straight from plantation. And so they've got they got a really, really good coffee um, coffee product. Andreas brought some um, El Salvador and we got the taste and it was phenomenal. Normally, I'm not really big on a lot of the South American stuff, but just the 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 natural process they do they take like four days to dry stuff whereas a lot of bigger um, coffee plantations dried in a quarter of the time and basically keep it simple I prefer Ethiopian but I'm trying to keep myself an open mind to some regions that I don't normally go to such as El Salvador awesome Darren yeah I would say Ethiopia as well actually it's probably the the uh, the region where I enjoy almost every coffee that I've tried from there. Um, I, I recently tried, and I, I, it just hit me now. A few weeks back, I, I got a bag of beans, and I wish I could remember the roaster. They were from somewhere in Ontario, uh, but the beans were from uh, Myanmar, and I'd, I'd never had any coffee from that region, and it was really good. It was almost like an anaerobic bean, this particular one, very fruit-forward, juicy. It was really good. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I'd never heard of coffee coming from that area. But Ethiopia... And um, sometimes I'll stumble across some some Costa Rican coffee that's actually quite good. It's it's fifty fifty I find with with the stuff from South America. But uh, anything anaerobic though has got my money too. I'm a bit of a sucker for that. It's so good. <laughs> Tom, what do you think, buddy? Uh, Darren, was that coffee roaster pop coffee roasters by any chance? Was it like a, a cartoon on the coffee bag? Uh, you know, because it was from the Roaster's Choice subscription, so the bags are all generic. Ah, right, right, okay. Uh, and I get three different ones every month, so I'm trying to remember. But it does ring a bell. It does. I have a really good one at the moment. It was really good. I, I, was, I opened it right away because I was so uh, intrigued by the location. Mm. But so so I, I edged towards... Um, yeah, I really like Guji, which is uh, in Ethiopia, natural process. That's my go-to. Uh, that being said, we've spoken about African coffees, I think, a bit too much. Uh, Colombian coffees at the moment have – there's some really good stuff coming out of there, it, it, specifically in the kind of weird area. So, like, a, uh, I had a geisha from uh, Gardelli Coffee Roasters, which is in Italy. And um, the 
it, it tasted like orange. I think you guys call it tang. We call it orange squash. It tasted like a glass of orange juice. It was it was wow. the most fucking awesome coffee. Top top three coffee of all time for me. You said that was a roaster out of Italy. Yeah, Gardelli. Um, and it's like a 94 point um, coffee, which I, I don't know if any coffee can really ever get to 94 points, but this was what they, they claim it was. And honestly, it was just, it was such an experience. I could smell it coming from across the coffee shop after they brewed it. And I was like, oh, that smells a bit like oranges. And it got stronger and stronger. And sure enough, or maybe like more like tangerines or, or one of those kind of small oranges are utterly incredible. And then you've got um, you've got some farms over there as well that are doing stuff to specifically infuse flavors into it. And uh, House of Funk is a coffee roaster over here, and they do weird stuff. They do barrel aged coffees, and this one specifically um, was fermented with mandarin peels, and it's in kind of infused this slight mandarin flavor into the the coffee. And so it tastes like whenever you've had like a a really fruity, especially a natural processed coffee. And you're like, oh, it tastes like blueberries or it tastes like apples. This one tastes like that because they've kind of found a way to get that flavor into the bean and not in a mixed orange juice yeah. with coffee kind of way. Really, really interesting. Wow. Well, the bean, a coffee bean is such a porous stuff. So you can, you can definitely ruin a bean, not storing it in a proper uh, storing way. Mm-hmm. So we got some geisha, uh, Panama Geisha that was we're going to say like black market Panama Geisha because the way we got it was like uh, very unique and uh, but I think it was like skunky beans I think that's why we got it is because you know that's the bean that you know I think in 2019 took a thousand dollars a thousand nineteen dollars for a pound I think is what it was or something like it was something ridiculous like crazy um, and, but it just, I don't think it was stored properly. And that's why we got some of it and we all got sick and passed COVID and it was, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> Final segment. Zero. Final segment. I have a, a part on the show called uh, the espresso shot. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask you uh, one question. We'll go around the horn. We're going to see if we can do this in under two minutes for Twitter. You know, see if we can get this done. It's the espresso shot, which is going to be the question uh, is going to be what is the biggest myth about coffee that you can debunk? And the espresso shot starts in three, two, one with Tom. Yeah, fucking knew it. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Uh, as we're pressed for time here, uh, I would say uh, storing coffee in the fridge, um, storing coffee in the fridge or, or, and the freezer to an extent um fridge is a terrible place to store uh anything that you want to keep oxygen and moisture away from uh however putting in the freezer in a zip uh, sorry in a vacuum packed bag so one of those kind of little vac bag sealer things um i've got stuff that's i've pulled out after a year or two and it's been perfect north carolina go ahead coffee snobs podcast biggest myth about coffee go I'll say that Starbucks, the biggest myth is that Starbucks is actually good. That is the biggest myth. Okay. Like run. You guys are taking all the good ones. Yeah. The biggest myth is that you need tons of sugar and uh, cream and odd things in your coffee for it to be good. You actually need to be able to taste your coffee. 
Good one, Darren. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, uh, boy, there's, I'm trying to think of what else I could chuck in there. Uh, but I agree with it because when I went, uh, when I started drinking my coffee black, it was, it was shortly after I started getting into really good coffee. And it was so obvious that I've been doing it wrong all these years. If you have to put cream and sugar in your coffee, uh, then it, you know, there's a problem with the coffee to begin with. If you have to flavor it like that, biggest myth. Um, I think that a lot of people think that it's, I think the whole thing is a myth to people that aren't inside it though. I don't think people really get it, you know, and I've tried to explain to a couple of my friends, but they don't get it. Even in occasions I've made them a cup of coffee. Oh, that's really good. I really like this, but they don't change anything. So the myth is there's an intimidation level. And I don't know if it's the snobbery thing that we were kind of joking about before, or if it's the fact that they think it's expensive. When I tell them that I spend, you know, $40 on a 250 gram bag of beans, they think I'm crazy. Uh, but it's not that expensive because if you have like eight or nine or 10 bags of beans, all different ones in your cupboard, well, it takes you a long time to go through them all. So you initially spend a lot, but it can last you, you know, a month or so if, you, if you're good. So the biggest myth, I guess, is is the fact that it's it's not as intimidating to get into really good coffee as people. I think it goes back to what we did at the beginning of the, of the show, talking about the cheapest way to get into it. Get a good grinder and get some cheap method of, of doing a pour over and you're off to the races and you'll never look back. I'm going to just leave it out there for our watchers and listeners about Dark Rose Coffee. Thanks to our friends at Tim Rowe. Hortons up here in Canada who have spent millions of dollars on a campaign to try to get people to drink it because whatever reason, and I heard it yesterday in a coffee shop in Port Moody, uh, somebody walked in and said, I need a dark roast coffee. I need a whole bunch of caffeine right now. And I think the biggest myth to a lot of people is that dark roast coffee has got more caffeine. So I'm just leaving it out there. The question mark to everyone listening, you have to research it yourself, but that is the espresso shot. But when you're drinking the coffee strictly for the caffeine intake, you're drinking it for the wrong reasons as well. But we can exactly. go on and on. Though, well, that's like the, you hear the people, they go, oh, I, I just need the caffeine. And then they load up with coffee, you know, cream and sugar, as you guys said, uh, you know, down there, Tyler. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so um, to be fair, they do sell, Tim Horns do sell their, their coffees in buckets by the looks of it. Like, I don't know what <laughs> size the biggest one is, but it's pretty I ridiculous. went to one. I, I don't know how you mess up an Americano. And I, and I, mean, I mean that loosely. I mean, even the bare bones, basic Americano, how you can possibly mess it up. And they continue to do so. And part of my journey here, like I've gone into A&W, I went into 7-Eleven, I went into all these places to test them and say, listen, if you got a buck, if you've only got a dollar, the 7-Eleven, you know, uh, Colombian is really, really great. The 7-Eleven, uh, they, they, whatever, they were serving Kona up the street at the 7-Eleven. They kind of rifle through. So I was kind of doing these like, Hey, and W changed the bean. Let's try it. What's that taste like? Because most people are doing that. And I want to make sure that we're not alienating everybody. I want to make sure that, Hey, if you're in McDonald's every day or A&W, then the best of the drive-thrus is going to be this. Or if you're going to go into this, at least you're going to try to do that. But the dark roast thing is out of control. It's so funny to me. So anyways, that's the espresso shot. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for making the time here as we, uh, as we wrap this up. Um, it's been a blast uh, having uh, an assortment of uh, snobs and assholes on here as we move ahead and uh, continue to educate people on coffee any way we can. Tom, why don't we tell everybody where they can find you, all the things you're up to uh, before we Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, the easiest thing to do is to hit 
uh, Instagram for me. Uh, I'm most active on at Vancouver Coffee Snob, or one word, obviously, and at Get Sipley. Um, or if you prefer reading blogs, VancouverCoffeeSnob.com, or if you want to download my app, Get Sipley, S-I-P-L-Y, dot com. Find all those links uh, when we post this episode on the internet. Uh, coffee Snobs, gentlemen, Aaron Tyler. Tell us all about uh, it. Similar to Tom, uh, Instagram is probably where you found us, Coffee Snobs Podcast. Um, that points to, uh, we also have a website, coffeesnobs.net forward slash connect. And any podcast provider, just search for the Coffee Snobs. I see you went for .net there. I tried getting hold of .com and that guy well, will not sell to me. No, he won't. Like <laughs> I, I, I procured it. I told Tyler when we come up with this, I was like, hey, dot uh, com is going to cost us a lot of money. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what's it? Yeah. What else is out there? Yeah. And so the reason why Tyler did it is because I botch it every time. Like every time I say <laughs> it, I give the wrong URL. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you know, there's a dot coffee, right? He has 50 bucks a domain name. It's crazy. But anyways, funny stuff. That over there is Tom from Vancouver Coffee Snob. That's Tyler and Aaron from Coffee Snobs podcast down in North Carolina. Go visit them. Add all their stuff, subscribe, share, do all the things you got to do to help them out. They're doing a great thing for coffee connoisseurs around the world and your average coffee drinker as well that's trying to learn. All you got to do is Google top coffee asshole or snob in America and Canada, and both of them come up simultaneously. So it's easy to find. And they just gave you all this stuff. Tom, thanks, buddy. Uh, Thank you. Check out Sipley. Come back anytime. Uh, Tyler, Aaron, come back anytime. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Thanks for having us. Hanging out there, guys. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. That was a blast, man. That was uh, that was great. That was really uh, really really fun to uh, to have uh, a bunch of different snobs and different people on. Um, you know, I just think it's uh, it's great to to educate people and and get everybody <clears throat> up to speed the way we're coming through it. And I, I think, agree, the, yeah. you know, it's cool because those two guys down there in North Carolina, clearly they're just like us in a, in a I always figured this coffee thing was, you know, OK, it's Vancouver, uh, Toronto, uh, you know, Melbourne and London and, and L.A. and New York and stuff like that. But it's cool to see that all these other cities are, are uh, you know, it's catching on everywhere. And these it really just, is. And kudos to, into it kudos. just like you and I did. Kudos to them. Like Tom's really built something here in Vancouver with it. And I love the fact that he doesn't, you know, he's too busy to have it be as big as Sprudge and the rest of it. And that's quite something because yeah. I think anyone putting together anything is like, you know, I'm going to have the biggest this or I'm going to have the biggest that. And it's like, man, he is busy enough with what he's got going on. And it's a very, very great resource for just regionally in Vancouver, which is awesome. And the fellas down in North Carolina, um, as they build through and, and they have another podcast, which is a business podcast, which is equally as busy. Oh. And, uh, you know, and so people doing lots of great things and those guys uh, coming together to talk coffee with us is, uh, is really awesome. So, but you and I, I mean, we were on episode two of the coffee cast and then it's been 48 episodes since we've last chatted coffee. So yeah. uh, it was good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, uh, no, it's good to talk to you again. I mean, even just through zoom is, you know, it's been a little while. Yeah, it's been, been awesome. It's been a weird year. A lot of coffee drank, though. Oh, my God. A lot of coffee drank. All kinds. And, and, you know, you can find it every week. Every Sunday, Saturday, I try to get out and explore a journey for Java. You know, like I try to find local coffee as best I can. It's funny in Vancouver, and I forgot to ask Tom this, but it's really interesting out in the Burbs because I'm a, I am really like Republica coffee out here, but they're in almost everywhere. So I'll go to a new coffee shop. I'll walk in, and I'll be like, 
oh, I'm happy to drink it, but I'd love to be able to go to some of these that have like other, other brands, but uh, kudos right. to, you know, to, to Republica to get them out there and, 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 out and kind of represent hard out here and, and having all the local coffee shops serve local, which I think is great. Um, but we've been to a few and I guess we'll continue to keep searching, man. Yeah. Yeah. I wish there was more out this way. I just ordered. It's really funny that we do this today because I have this, um, I have a couple of different subscriptions now where I have this roaster's choice subscription. Every month you get three different bags from three different roasters from anywhere in Canada. It's, it's pretty cool. So uh, I've been doing that, but there's been so many issues with the, with the uh, mail lately that it's never on time. Like right now it was supposed to have been delivered last Friday, but it hasn't arrived. Uh, so I ordered some coffee from spent grounds because uh, I was too lazy to drive out there thinking, well, these guys right. do deliveries locally. So I'll go today or Monday, well, it's not coming till Wednesday. And my other subscription with Harkin Coffee in Vancouver, that's maybe we'll get here tomorrow. Anyways, long story short, some of that shitty coffee I talked about earlier that I was giving, yeah. I actually had to dive into that this weekend because it's all I had left. Didn't feel like driving down to Pallet or anything. So it's weird I'm doing this coffee thing where for the first time in years, I've actually had to choke down Nabob Coffee. <laughs> well, I've gone at the very least. I mean, I've got some good, I got a couple of, I mean, you're white rock, but you're not around, you're, you're around the corner. Uh, I got caffeine across the street. There's, there's some, there's, you can always find it, but it's whatever. Yeah, I know. The problem is with my hours in the weekdays, coffee <laughs> places close at three and I'm on my way back to work then. Right. And then on Saturdays, on Friday night, I'm always like, I'm going to get up to like this Saturday. My plan was to get up, drive to Pallet at Oak and King Ed. Yeah. But Saturday rolls around. I'm like, well, you know. I don't know. I'm, really, I've been up and at them all week. I'm fucking tired. I don't feel like going anywhere. I'll yeah. be okay. If I'm going to order from Spent Grounds, I think they deliver quickly. And I think the ladies who don't live right by me. So maybe I'll get lucky. I didn't get lucky. Did they close or are they still open? They're open. They're open. They are open. That's great. I'm going to, I can hit that on the way home or, or yeah. whatever. One of these times. I'm, I'm, I've got some more coffee uh, reviews coming. I, I um, just did an episode with the um, Artery Community Roasters out of Ottawa. They're sending me some uh, rampage out of uh, Saskatchewan. It's going to oh, yeah. Me some so you know there's there's some coffee on the way so anyways the journey for java continues uh, a huge thanks to the coffee snobs podcast out of uh, north carolina and uh, tom from vancouver coffee snob and uh, the app simply for stopping by and contributing to our coffee snobs and assholes uh, <laughs> two-part episode uh, that is my uh, co-host for these two episodes uh, darren grieve where can people find you what have you been up to what's going on my man oh boy i'm still talking on the radio all the time best way to get a hold of me just like tom is on instagram uh, danger underscore on underscore air uh, you'll see coffee stuff you'll see some good aerial shots of vancouver because my radio gig i do traffic up in the sky there and some music stuff too a lot of music stuff and lately bmx bikes but there's a lot of coffee on there too awesome man well hopefully you come back anytime and uh and we'll keep talking coffee and having some fun with it man anytime anytime yeah, awesome this has been the journey for java podcast uh, that is darren green my co-host a big thanks to the dean blundell network for hosting me uh a big thanks to my friends at blue microphones for sending me this nice yeti x and these mixed by headphones um Sweet. and sponsoring the uh, podcast and powered now by blue microphones which is really awesome uh continue to drink great coffee uh send me your coffee stories and uh make sure you check out twitter um uh, I'm, I'm posting a, a, something i'm a part of now called uh, uh buy me a coffee it's kind of like the coffee asshole version of patreon where if you buy me a coffee a week you're gonna get some extra shit 
I'm going to send you some video and some cool stuff and, and, and some things. So make sure you check that out. Brenton on tour.com. Find me on all the, uh, on all those socials at journey for Java on Instagram and Twitter, uh, live every Wednesday in your ear, uh, through the Dean Blundell network and wherever you get your pods. So thanks everybody. This is the journey for Java podcast. That is Darren Greve. Thanks again, my man. I really, really appreciate it, dude. And, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.